Hey, Waka Ekenua needs some critical tweaks to work, according to the Climate Change Commission. But first things first, the Commission recommends cracking on with the existing plan to get farmers to pay for their climate emissions. With us now is Rod Carr, the Climate Change Commission Chair. Evening, Rod. Good evening, Heather. Kia ora. Kia ora. What would you like to change about this uh, plan? We want to make it a bit more basic and a bit more simpler to increase the likelihood that it will be up and running on the 1st of January 2025. Two things we want to simplify. One is that we don't think non-ETS eligible vegetation should play a part in agriculture emissions pricing at the farm level. And we think that the science supports putting nitrogenous fertiliser, synthetic fertiliser, into the pricing system at importer or producer level rather than at the farm level, given the current state of the science. Okay, what is non-ETS eligible vegetation? Give us an example. Uh, It might be small woody matter that doesn't have either the height or the coverage that would make it eligible for credits under New Zealand's emission trading scheme. So something that wouldn't be big enough to be classed as a forest? Correct. Uh, There are arguments that the eligibility for criteria for the emissions trading scheme should be extended to include a wider range of materials And our view is that's the proper way to do that, is to look at the ETS eligibility, not to create a parallel carbon counting scheme that only farmers participate in. Why not? Well, for the simple reason that it would be inequitable. Just think of the situation where a local government is participating in the ETS in the sense it's paying ETS levies on its petrol diesel that it uses to do the business for ratepayers but it has vegetation that is not eligible for inclusion in the ETS. So why would ratepayers be disadvantaged and farmers privileged by a system specifically designed and only accessible by... Is is, is what we consider a forest perhaps too big, actually, and, and should smaller clumps of trees be allowed to be used? I think there is a case to be made that if we can measure it and the science supports accurate measurement, it should be included in the okay. ETS. So, so your problem with it is just that it, it, gets, it gets a little bit wonky and hard to measure when it gets too small? It gets wonky, hard to measure, expensive to measure, yeah. and equitable to measure it for only some and not others. Is, the, is that the same? Is it also very hard to measure with a synthetic nitrogen fertiliser? Well, the interesting thing with the synthetic fertiliser is that we know that per tonne of synthetic fertiliser you get a certain amount of emissions. But we also know that that can be different if you spread it before or after rain on different types of soil classes or, or on land that is on different elevations or slopes. The trouble is the cost of measuring the difference is too high and the science is not developed well enough to be able to say, ah, if you spread that tonne in that place on that day, its emissions are X. But if it's on this other place on this other day, then they're Y. And so what we've said is that until the science and cost of measurement is more accurate, we should just price the emissions from nitrogenous fertiliser at the importer and producer level. Okay. Sarah. If if the government... (laughs) If the government looks at this or whoever looks at this and says, look, you know, this is not going to work, would you rather they just ploughed ahead with the existing plan? Any plan is better than no plan to you? Well, we, we don't believe the Haywaka Ekenaua proposal can be implemented by the statutory deadlines. We think it is too complicated. It requires new science. It requires new measurement. 
and there is a basic system which we think is fairer and better and mm. is more likely to be delivered. We looked at the two options of using the emissions trading scheme. One is to put each of the 23,000 farms in as points of obligation. We think that's likely to be impractical and ineffective in supporting emissions reduction. And the other is to put the emissions in at the processor level, so the, the meat works and the dairy factory level, where they pay on behalf of all the farmers an average rate. And we think while that is practical and could be implemented quickly by the 1st of January 2025, we don't think it would be effective in supporting rewarding low emissions farming practices and land use. Hey, um, I'm getting a lot of this on the text machine. They should be including pasture like grass and clover in the calculations as well. Why don't we? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I mean, one is the grass grows, it's eaten, and then it grows again. It's a very short cycle to try and measure what comes and goes quickly. Right. We don't measure the carbon dioxide emitted by the cows. We only measure the biogenic methane and the nitrous oxide emissions. So the reason we don't is it would be a lot of transaction costs for very small gains. There is a case for soil carbon. And the science isn't there yet to cost-effectively measure carbon in the soil. But if you were going to count the additional permanent carbon in the soil, you'd also have to take away for the carbon lost in soils. Across New Zealand, we lose about 600 million tonnes of topsoil a year into our lakes and our rivers and into our foreshore. So be careful what we wish for. If you want to count the plus, then you need to attribute the minus. Yeah, okay. Rod, thanks for running us through that. I appreciate that. That's Rod Carr, Climate Change Commission Chair. It's going to get complicated, isn't it?